Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What is up, fight fans? What is up, UFC fans? Big weekend for you. What is up, boxing fans? What is up, the combat sports community? It is your boy, Isaac Ike Armbar Mitzvah Feldman. In the present, in the flesh. Follow me on all social media accounts besides Snapchat and OnlyFans. Both of which have gotten me in trouble. At I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. Iketagon.com. Or give me a call. Let me hear your dulcet, beautiful pipes. 646-820-9848. For some reason, friends and family have been calling the show hotline to catch up with me. I answer. I go, this is Ike. And they're like, yo, what's up, brother? And I'm like, oh, what's up, John? What's up, Joe? What's up, Jim? I was like, guys, this is my uh, professional show hotline. But nonetheless, yeah, and it's like you guys have my actual cell phone. What the hell are you doing calling my hotline? <laughs> Regardless, I appreciate you guys for getting involved. Jam-packed show this past weekend. Of course, I was doing something fight-related. This time, it was locally in Patchogue, my stomping ground. Literally many, many breakdance circle nights. uh, Beating the beat up, clubbing, shaking the tail feather. Patchogue, New York, Stereo Garden, which used to be called Emporium for all the young cats. But... It is now Stereo Garden, and that seems to be the home winter, fall, spring base, the headquarters for a local promotion on Long Island that is killing it. Flex fight series. Oh, my goodness. They know how to do a local fight. I had on their manager, their showrunner, TJ Ragusa last week. You guys can scroll down on this Twitter feed, the at Ike Feldman Twitter feed and at Ike Dagon as well. If you want to find that lovely conversation with TJ, he is the man. He is the stash. He's the he is that dude. And I'm very appreciative of TJ. He took care of me and my brothers, which my brothers and I, we all have three birthdays like within a week of each other and uh tj accommodated uh of course 
my brothers aren't the the cheapos that are going to just sneak in a beer. They threw down at the bartenders and support your bartenders, support your waiters, hostesses, support local business any way you can. My brothers definitely did. They were uh, a little taken aback from the alcohol and the whiskey because they were just having a great time. That's usually how it goes. If the, the fights are going well, if the atmosphere is great, which it always is for flex fight series, then the drinks flow. So everybody had a great time. Their next show, April 22nd, Patchog, New York, again, Stereo Garden. You guys know Ben, the Bane Davis, Harry Mack, the Bookie's Basement, Zaria Bloom, Chris Machi, Nick Canobio, brother of Dan Canobio from John Boy. We do it big. Long Island, just for some odd reason we just we know how to do fights putting on promotions putting on fantastic performances and of course killing it on the media and broadcast side of things shout outs to flex fight series winners in isa sultan anthony spatora and nick navarro aka risky business nick i will try to get a few of those names I just mentioned on the Iktagon YouTube page. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have them on a couple of local guys, local guests, and you guys can enjoy their story, enjoy their comments because I was enjoying their fights. They put on spectacular performances this past weekend. And I don't remember the last time my, my, my brothers have seen live fights. My sister is, one of the biggest proponents for getting me into fights, bringing me to American fighter in Suffolk County many, many years ago. I'm talking about 2009 and then to Maxim Jiu Jitsu. And she's also brought me to local p- promotions in Queens, Deer Park, Atlantic City, Mohegan Sun. My sister has been a huge proponent of my combat sports journey, uh, whether that's actually participating in it and fighting or whether that's covering it on the media side of things. She has uh, been just a huge help, and uh, shout-outs to you, my sister. But my brothers got to enjoy the show. They very much enjoy the show. And you guys, guys, I'm telling you, Flex Fight Series, if you are single, if you are looking to mingle, Flex Fight Series is the spot, the place, the atmosphere to be. It's where you want to be. April 22nd. They did it big. There is no UFC pay-per-view April 22nd, but if there was, they would have it on a big screen while their fights are going on, while great music is being DJed, while the atmosphere is terrific. It's just giveaways, raffles, just a a fun atmosphere, very local, fun, tight-knit community atmosphere, and I love it. And you get to see really, really high-level local talent. I mean, look at the local talent that uh, we're going to see in May, May 6th, Newark, New Jersey was just announced. You have it headlined by Al Jermaine Funkmaster Sterling going against one of the ba- one of the goats in Henry Cejudo. Cejudo, obviously an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, also a former two division champion. He was the king of the division, which Al Jermaine Sterling is the king of 135 as well as 125 flyweight. Henry Cejudo is back. The GOAT is back. I think it's a tough fight for Cejudo with all that time off. I don't know why he was asking to return in February uh, at Perth. 
man, if you're coming back from about a three year hiatus, yeah, it was about May 2020. Yeah, three years almost to the day. Uh, you, I would think you need as much time as you can to hit the gas, get a feeler for what's sore, what can recover fast, um, and then recover and use that extra time to be better. For me, Algermain Stone is peaking. This is just going to be another stone in his belt. Algermain Sterling is going to win this. And then everybody's going to question, well, uh, you won because of an illegal knee against Peter Young. You fought a disabled, a crippled TJ Dillashaw with the shoulder. And now you're fighting somebody who's coming off a long layoff. You guys are idiots because John Jones just came off a three-year layoff. So don't tell me that Henry Cejudo is not as smart as John Jones or not as intelligent with his training regimen because that would be very ignorant and naive of you to think like that. That would be poor judgment. And I will judge you. I will dislike your post. I will ban you. I will flag you. I will message Elon Musk and say, get rid of this schmuck because they don't know what the hell they're talking about or looking at. Aljermaine Sterling is peaking. He's in a flow, a nice rhythm. I don't know the exact months, but it seems like he's fighting every six to eight months. And he's put a lot of miles on his body. So he knows exactly how much he needs to hit the gas and how much he can relax and kick the feet up post fight. It seems like he did a great job because this fight was potentially going to happen in February or March. Seems like Aljermaine Sterling did a great job not ballooning up, not becoming Patty the Fatty Pimlet post-win. It seems that he has negotiated the buffet in Vegas extremely well. So I'm very excited to see Aljermaine Sterling. The last time I saw Sterling fight was April of 2018 in Atlantic City. And he got a win. I believe it was Cub Swanson. That was post Marlon Marais uh, loss. And that was his first win after that. And this will be his latest win. And he's just been streaking ever since. So Aljermaine Sterling is peaking. I am pumped for that fight. There is a, uh, a local local fight that is not official yet that I would love to announce that I have uh, some information for. But what is official and what is on the card is Charles Oliveira, former UFC lightweight champion, facing Benny Darius, Elon Musk. Elon, where's my Tesla? <laughs> facing Elon Musk's favorite fighter in Benil Darius. That's going to be an excellent match. Is Charlo, Charles Oliveira, is he complacent? Has he plateaued? He streaked for about, I don't know, 9 to 11 fights. And then he loses to Islam Makachev Khabib. Khabib's boy. Now he's facing a hungry streak in Benil Darius, who's had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to get better, and a lot of time to grow his hair. If you see him on social media, he, he needs a haircut. No, no freaking doubt about that. But that fight is going to be amazing. The Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey is going to be amazing. Man, it's going to be a similar atmosphere to what we saw this past weekend. With John Jones in Vegas, uh, Algermaine Sterling has not fought in Madison Square Garden because of a medical issue, but Algermaine Sterling has fought in New Jersey, and he will fight in New Jersey again, inshallah, 
God willing, in May. And uh, the atmosphere, it, it's basically a home game for Aljamain Sterling. So you can imagine it's going to be lit. This past weekend, the atmosphere was so freaking lit in New Jersey, excuse me, <laughs> in Las Vegas, that Jake Gyllenhaal and the UFC and the Roadhouse production team figured it was a perfect, perfect venue and time of the production process to film Jake Gyllenhaal's UFC fight. They had him shirtless, Jack Diesel, Shreddy Kruger, uh, Shreddy Kruger on the scale of the weigh-ins that he did a John Attic interview, the, the pomp and circumstance where he did the face-offs. Then they had three, two, one, action. They had him do a, a, a live-action fight scene where... Uh, spoiler alert, he does a flying knee to KO his opponent. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when they filmed it throughout the night, but uh, maybe they fit it in in between fights or right before the main card because you have a, a full capacity crowd. And it just, what better way to recreate a UFC fight than put it on a John Jones returning uh, pay-per-view card? So very smart job by uh, Roadhouse Productions and uh, Jake Hall in the UFC to get that done. That's a great publicity stunt for the UFC. And Conor McGregor was in the building. You saw him sitting with Jake Hall. Bruce Buffer was there uh, yucking it up with Jake and Conor. It, it seemed like a really good atmosphere. The fights were just tremendous. Uh, Valentina lost her crown. It seemed like there was getting some dust on that crown when she... Uh, just fought Talia Santos in Singapore this past June, UFC 275 with Glover and Yuri headlining it. A lot of people were questioning that victory. But as they have said with John Jones's close victories over Tiago Santos and Dominic Reyes, you have to rip it away from the champ. And that was definitely 100% the case with Santos versus Shevchenko back at UFC 275 for this past weekend, Alexa Grossa Grasso did not leave it up to the judges. She studied that spinning Taekwondo back kick that Valentina does grabbed the whole of her back, jumped on her like a human backpack that we will see May 6th at the Prudential center, <clears throat> Algerman Sterling. And she did not let go, got her hooks in, did a neck crank or a jaw crank and got the job done. She must have some kind of torque on that crank position because Valentina was tapping due to the pressure on the jaw, not because of uh, the carotid artery pressure. So great job by Alexa Grasso and Mexico got another freaking champion, Brandon Moreno, Kane Velasquez. You have Mexican fighters like Yair Rodriguez, uh, knocking on the door of a UFC title. Oh, no, yeah, he is an interim uh, featherweight title. So, uh, Viva La Mexico, Henry Cejudo, I believe he's American born. Uh, Brian Ortega, American born. But uh, Kelvin Gaslam, American go uh, born. Diaz, American born. But you have a just a tremendous population that got fed another champion in Mexico and South America. So excellent job by Alexa Grasso to get that done. But what everybody is really focused on is John Jones returning. 
There was a lot made up about his physique. Did he or did he not eat pizza for the three years? That remains to be seen. We will need to get uh, to the bottom of that with John Jones. But oh, shout outs to uh, FaZe. Keep up the grind, bro. Well, FaZe, I'm going to phase you into the broadcast. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, always working, always grinding, hustling, whether that's on the mats, whether that's in the gym, the boxing gym. Your boy is always grinding. So I appreciate this love and support phase. Now I'm going to phase you out, but I do appreciate the love, my dude. John Jones. Man, there was a there was a nice breakdown on Twitter. I believe the guy's Nissan Altima is something on Twitter, but he he showed the differences between Jeff Neal's uh upper body wrestling, Greco wrestling, and turning in to clinch and to do over-under clinching as opposed to what Cyril Gon did, which is overextend himself and expose his back. And it was just, it was cake in the bank for uh, John Jones and just, oof, just easily did one of those Khabib jump over the legs into mount what Cyril Gon was uh, kind of catty cornered against the fence and you got to see that John Jones versus Leota Machida, that Eskimo grip type of uh, or five finger guillotine, which he did against Leota Machida and put him out flat on his face. Sorogan clearly does not have an educated background in grappling or wrestling. He is a pure, technically beautiful kickboxer, taekwondo, karate, Dutch style uh fighter but when it comes to grappling he could not hold Khabib Nurmagomedov's pinky I think Khabib could submit Cyril Gan. that was uh that was evident this was very smart by the UFC this was very smart by John Jones to take a not the cream of the crop fighter in Cyril Gan. You, he's kind of in that second tier. If you look at the first tier, you have Cormier, DC, Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou, and now John Jones, that cream of the crop, the elite of the elite. Uh, below that, you have Cyril Gaon, Curtis Blades, um, Tai Tuivasa, maybe Tom Aspinall, that, that second tier. Excellent, excellent matchmaking and, and way to build it up. You put a belt on the line. Everybody saw that Cyril Gan has fought Francis Ngannou. You could show the wonderful knockouts over Derek Lewis. Yeah, Derek Lewis is in that second tier. You could show the the wonderful knockout over Tai Tuivasa. The wins over uh, was it uh, Volkov or uh, was it uh, Rosenstruck, uh, where he outpointed them? Yeah, you could show that wonderful highlight package. But when it comes to the nitty gritty, the cream of the crop, the elite of the elite, Francis Ngannou. Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier, what do they have all in common? Uh, they are much more well-rounded than Sorogon. They can't just be athletic and explosive and use their God-given abilities to get out of situations like a Derek Lewis where he's just like, I'm going to stand up now, and he just gets up from a side control. John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Stipe Miocic, Francis Agano would keep Derek Lewis down in side control, not allow him to get up. That comes with years 
of jujitsu, wrestling, grappling, clinch positions, understanding the far hip, the near hip, pressuring, surfing on top of your opponent. So Cyril Ghosn is not there yet. This seems like he is at the the UFC, what was it, uh, 220, where you saw Francis Ngannou exposed by Stipe Miocic in the clinch positions. Stipe survived the first round, uh, survived the rockets and missiles being launched uh, near and dear to his his dome. But once he got out of that first round, he was able to survive outpoint and outwit Francis Ngannou. And then about four years later, Francis Ngannou came back with a wrestling background. And look, he was able to stuff takedowns from Stipe Miocic. Wow, that was a change. He was able to take down, outgrapple, and control on two bad knees, Cyril Gan. Would he be able to stay on his feet against John Jones? Woo! That's what everybody wants to see. No doubt about it. What I do like about Francis Ngannou is how freaking confident he does. He tweets after the John Jones UFC 285 main event victory. He goes, nice win, respectfully, or sincerely, uh, the heavyweight king he is the heavyweight king the undisputed heavyweight king he's floating out there he's getting better he's recovering from those knee injuries um yeah i don't think uh getting into a fight in march was smart and he thought the same he pushed his negotiating power because in a way it gives him more time to recover if he's ready for a july He's ready for a September, a November MSG uh, to make his return and maybe lower his asking price for the UFC. It's all negotiation. And Francis Ngano is a very, very smart, very wise, very strong willed individual. Probably the strongest willed fighter that we have on this planet. More than Tyson Fury, more than Floyd Mayweather, Francis Ngano gets it. That is the leader of the combat sports community. No freaking doubt. He could be a Muhammad Ali if he wanted to. Well-spoken, speaks three languages from Cameroon, traveled to France, and an amazing journey to get to France. Listen to his 14-month crazy, crazy expedition to get from Cameroon uh, to France, where he was on rafts, where he was the leader of a, a small voyage, where he got arrested thrown in jail where he was sent back to his country about three or four times it took him to get to france to mma factory where he met uh uh, coach lopez who is now the coach of surreal gone it's just it's a movie waiting to happen francis and gano's story does he box tyson fury maybe does he lower his price for the ufc for the ufc to enable him to box tyson fury and then come back for a john jones fight let's freaking do it let's get along people can we do the Stipe Miocic trilogy? So much to do for Francis Ngannou. Um, and so much time he needs to recover. So I, I will be patient on that front. I'm with Rogan. Rogan knows more than any of us when it comes to this sport. And Rogan has not given up hope when it comes to a Francis Ngannou and UFC uh, remarriage. You know, they, they need to push away the divorce, uh, divorce lawyers in Hunter Campbell they need to hug it out, him and Dana. Uh, Francis Ngannou will crack Dana's back with a nice bear hug, and then they'll get along once Dana's walking sideways. So it needs to happen. It needs to happen. There's no doubt about it. John Jones is happy that it hasn't happened yet. You know, he's like, give me time. Give me time. Uh, um, 
let him let him get the feel for heavyweight. He's, he's going to fight Stipe next. That's perfect. Do it over the summer. John Jones seems unscathed. He seems like he has found his Lord and Savior again. He seems like he's humble, John. Uh, hopefully he stays that way. Hopefully he goes home to his wife and kids. It can just remain focused. When we saw uh, the most recent peak of Jones in 2019, and late 2018 was when he was fighting every three or four months. You had the Alexander Gustafson rematch. You had the uh, Anthony Smith fight, UFC 235. You also had the UFC 239 fight against Tiago Santos. Oh, it was four times in about a year. And then he fought Dominic Reyes, UFC 248, uh, right before the pandemic happened. So he banged out four fights in about a 14-month span. And... No issues, no picograms, no DV cases, no coke, shooting guns, no drunk videos, no cop cam videos. He was focused. So if the UFC really cares about John and if John really cares about himself, let's let's make the gravy, baby. Let's make the money happen. Stipe Miocic, the greatest heavyweight of all time. Versus John Jones, the Greatest light heavyweight champion of all time. Goat versus goat. Bat, 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 bat. Do it. International fight week. Whew. We'd all love to see it. We'd all love to see it. But as you can tell by the uh, the banner below, Francis Ngannou released on his YouTube page a clip where he watched uh, a live reaction for the, the main event. He was not not pissed. He seemed that he was enjoying it. So confident. So confident. He just he is the man and he is the man with the plan. I, I do trust what he's what he's thinking, what his management is thinking, what him and Eric Nixick are thinking in terms of a timeline to uh, return to competition. But he gave credit to John Jones, but he also pointed out that John Jones was very aggressive because he was possibly nervous to let Cyril Gan get off any strikes. And he said that could be something that he could exploit. Hmm. Interesting. If I get the opportunity to speak with John or uh, Francis Ngannou before they fight or in the, in the next year, I will definitely bring up that quote. That is very, very interesting. What John will say like, yeah, I'm facing a very slick kickboxer. His strength is kickboxing. Uh, why would I allow him to get comfortable with his strength? Uh, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And I posted many months ago, if John is as smart as uh, we all believe he is in terms of fighter IQ, definitely not outside of the cage IQ. But in terms of fight night IQ, extremely intelligent and the smart thing at Chelson and said if you're nervous the best thing is to grapple it, it's you may need a minute you may need a whole round to get your timing off and to land a strike and get a feel for distance and you may not be able to feel your feet right away on the mats and just getting a feeler for the nerves uh, that are, are pumping through your body um, go to wrestling go to wrestling go to the well Drink, 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 drink. Go to the well. Go to the well. And John Jones did. He chased down Surreal, cornered him, wrestled him. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Good night, Irene. And got another victory. And uh, yeah, 
on to bigger and greater things for John Jones. You hope he stays on the straight and narrow and does not cross the line, doesn't do lines and doesn't cross the line. So John Jones is back, basically. Other performances, Jeff Neal versus um, Shavkat, Rachmanov. Uh, I don't have the uh, fights in front of me. I should. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Rachmanov had a terrific uh, finish to the fight. He was in a situation, yep, Rachmanov, uh, Shavkat, where he was getting tagged by Jeff Neal. Anybody who underestimated Jeff Neal's kickboxing ability or ability to find his opponent's chin, you guys are the same people that are doubting Aljermaine Sterling. Jeff Neal is very slick, has a ton of power, and Shavkat has shown that he's hittable. He does not have that uh, boxing background where he can bob and weave his head out of the way. He's kind of stiff in his kickboxing approach, and Jeff Neal find the chin, but Shavkat made it dirty, made it gritty. This is one of those fights I saw a JHK MMA pointed out. This was the Gilbert Burns fight for uh, Hamzat Chemaev. This was Shavkat Rachmanov's Gilbert Burns fight to show gritty, to go the distance, uh, or excuse me, to uh, go longer than he's normally gone. He did get the finish inside of the the final bell, but yeah, it's a, it's a step up. Don't rush these guys. They're undefeated. There's a lot of eyeballs on them. You still have a couple of years under the ESPN banner. Make these quiet killers, which people gravitate to, especially the Joe Rogans, who just, he can recognize a true fighter like Dmitry Bivol, like Shavkat Rachmanov, like an Artur Betabiev like a Hamza Chemaev and just sees loads of potential. John Jones would manage these guys correctly. Sometimes the UFC throws these guys into the deep end. Like a Jalen Turner facing a, a Matthias Gamrot, Poland zone. Maybe that was a little rush for Jalen Turner. He was showing a big turnaround after the loss to Long Island's own steamroller MMA, Matt Frivola. And he went on a little bit of a streak, but now he was grounded as Gamrot got the decision. Do not rush Bo Nickel. He, he's clamoring for a title by the end of this year. Does that mean he's going to fight four times in, in a calendar year to get into a title picture? God bless him. But Bo Nickel, same thing. Uh, got a huge win over Jamie Pickett. Who does he fight next at the 185 uh, division? It is matchmaking is key. It's a very important job, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm not saying that Mick Maynard or Sean Shelby's job is easy, but they are a little callous when it comes to throwing these prominent, potentially elite prospects in the fire to turn this or to tie a bow on it altogether. Darren Till, as stepped away from the UFC and from MMA and that can be attributed to being thrown in the fire a little too fast missing weight against wonder boy back in March of 2018 looking like crap against Tyron Woodley UFC 228 and 
changing divisions and getting injured and just kind of being stagnant in terms of grappling. There are many possible reasons why Darren Till is not no longer on that championship trajectory. Following the Kelvin Gastelum win at UFC 244, there, there was a chance. There was a chance. He did fight Robert Whitaker. He did tag Whitaker. But it's been a, it's been a tough road for Darren Till. He is still young. I would not give up on him by any means. But the fact that he lost to Dracos Du Plessis, who just beat TKO Derek Brunson on this past card, Maybe the UFC were throwing him to the Lions, trying to keep him relevant. And I don't know what 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 is it? Once you're fighting the Lions, you you can't you can't take a step back. Um, I saw that Bryce Mitchell. Who did he? Uh, uh, he just lost to Ilya Taporia, a long, young lion in that featherweight division, and they're doing a great job with Bryce. And maybe he's requested it. Maybe he is thinking long-term, not just looking for the uh, 100 and 100 payday and to be thrown through the wolves and maybe only have a three-year run. He seems that he's playing the the long run in terms of maybe a five, seven, ten-year trajectory of his career. He got his first loss against a top, top freaking contender. And he is taking a step back. He's going to be on the May 6th UFC 288 card against Jonathan Pierce. No offense to Jonathan Pierce, but this is a this is a step down fight for Bryce Mitchell. And Bryce Mitchell should win this fight potentially by decision, potentially via a slow bleeded out grappling match and that's fine. This not should not be a knock on Bryce Mitchell for doing that. I respect it. If anybody's looking at Brian Ortega, Darren Till, who were in that same class, the 2018 title challengers, these young undefeated prospects, I am not giving up on Brian Ortega. I am not giving up on Darren Till. Yair Rodriguez was also in that class. Yair Rodriguez had no problem taking a year and disappearing and getting his skill better. No problem. Ortega and Till have not taken a year off. They have actually, excuse me, uh, Ortega did take a year off and look phenomenal after that year. He took the year uh, plus uh, after the Max Holloway loss and then came back to look phenomenal against Korean Zombie. That was a good move. He should do the same. He should not rush following the, 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 the shoulder injury against Jair Rodriguez this past July. Take his time. I already see him throwing mitts, throwing letter uh, heavy uh, in training. Take your time, brother. Do swimming. Work on this is a little personal. Work on your relationship. There is no coincidence that you get injured. You and Tracy Cortez separate. Sorry to make it personal, but I felt like you guys have a great vibe. I believe it will work out. She seems to have a great affinity and connection for your kids. I hope you guys can work that out. Please don't get offended. Please don't get offended. My point is do what's best for your career. 
and trust the process. Francis Ngannou trusts the process of stepping back. I have no doubt that he knows exactly what he's doing. Very calculated, very confident. Yair Rodriguez, look at him. He's holding an interim title. He's waiting for Volkanovski, uh, maybe the Holloway rematch. Who knows? He is now an A-side in that division. Look at Calvin Cater, or don't look at him, because he's been in many wars over the last four, five, six years that we've seen him competing at a high level for the UFC. He's taken a lot of time off, and I like it. I like it. He's too talented. He's too smart to rush anything, and I think it's an excellent strategy. Look at Cron Gracie. Cron Gracie, the last time he fought was October 2019. I believe it was the Joanna Janjacek versus Michelle Waterson card. Cron Gracie, Cub Swanson. We saw Cron earlier in the year versus Alex Caceres just cut through him like a knife like a hot knife through butter, uh, just a beautiful jujitsu submission. I believe it was the first card on ESPN, Francis Ngannou, Cain Velasquez. And then Kron decides not to make it a grapple match against Cub Swanson and I think gets a, a ton of experience in just those three rounds at first i was a little like ah disappointed frustrated that maybe he didn't employ the best strategy or man could he have done something different in the stand-up against cub swanson he did exactly what he needed to do yes he got his first loss whoop de do big deal he's going to be back and better three plus years off running his beautiful facility in montana uh i believe it's uh just outside of Yellowstone Park. Uh, very excited to see what Kron's bringing to the table against the killer in Charles Jordan. So again, trust the process. Yair Rodriguez, Francis Ngannou, Kron Gracie. Trust the process. Yeah, 10 years, 15 years may seem short, but it could be cut way shorter if you are unintelligent with rest days and rest periods and growth periods. Yesterday's MMA Avenger, we spoke with uh, Nazim Sadikov, uh, recent UFC debut victor and member of Law MMA. He has a loss. Who cares? Charlie Cannibal Campbell has a loss. Who cares? It's about how you learn from that loss. Yeah, undefeated is nice. There is a huge history attached to undefeated fighters that comes from the boxing world. But Charles Jordan, if he beats Cron Gracie in this fight, May 6th, Newark, New Jersey, Prudential Center, you better believe uh, 14 and 6 is going to be a very pretty record to be back into the top 15 of the UFC's featherweight division especially if he gets a dominant win over Kron. And likewise, Kron takes off three years. If he comes back, gets a dominant win over Charles Jordan, who is a savage, he could be in the top 15. So there are many paths to the crown. 
and you have to respect and understand those paths. And you hope for the best for people's paths. If they believe it's in their will to kind of push past a breaking point, to get back to the cage, to have a quick turnaround with training or with fighting, and that fuels their fire, God bless them. God bless them. You hope they know exactly what they're doing. I do respect what Aljamain Sterling's doing in terms of spacing properly, post-camp, pre-camp, in-camp. I think he's at a, uh, he's clicking on all cylinders and, or firing on all cylinders, clicking on all gears. Uh, It's beautiful to see. It is extremely beautiful to see. So, this weekend, Bellator returns. It's a, uh, I believe it's the Grand Prix, uh, the first fight for the uh, Bellator Lightweight Grand Prix. Usman Nurmagomedov, who is related to one Khabib Nurmagomedov. I know there's a lot of Magomedov, Nurmagomedovs fighting, but he is re- related to Khabib. Benson Henderson is not related to Dan Henderson. But that's going to be an excellent fight this Friday. Bellator 293 on Showtime. And guys, uh, Michael Venom Page on this. Valentin Modovsky, Linton Vassell. That's an excellent fight. Uh, Tofik Musayev. I believe he's uh, Dagestani. He's killer uh, in the uh, lightweight division as well. That's a, that's a terrific fight. Um is there? Yep, yep. Of course, there's more UFC action. Rob Davalashvili, another law MMA fighter, is fighting this weekend against Peter Jan. More fights, more fun. Let's see what's going on in the uh, the boxing uh, schedule. Things boxing is about to get nutso. No crazy fight this weekend. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 yep. If you go to March, I mean, March 25th, that is the the fight of the month, in my opinion. David Benavidez versus Caleb Plant. Woo! Let's freaking go. Knocking on the door against Dimitrio, uh, Dimitri Bivol, uh, Canelo Alvarez, Joe Smith, Arthur Berabiev. That division just gets hotter. Uh, I, I know it's 168, but now I like to see the, the cross-division fights between 68 and 75. I think it will be uh, uh, well-received among the, the fight community. And follow my boy Dan Canobio uh, and Chris Algieri, two local legends, if you guys want more uh, information on boxing. Anthony Joshua makes his return. Jermaine Franklin, that is the week after against Betty Vides. And plant also this week, Roy, uh, excuse me, uh, next month or April 1st is Roy Jones Jr. Anthony Pettis. That is not an April Fool's joke. Vitor Belfort, uh, Ronaldo Shuza, aka Jacare fight. Uh, I believe Jose Aldo, Jeremy Steven. It is a boxing event. This is under Icon uh, Fights, which is a Jorge Masvidal game bread event. Shout outs to Masvidal. I should be in Miami, God willing, inshallah, for the April 8th UFC 287. 
uh, fights. Very excited about that. Hang out with my boys, Robbie, Jarrett, Milton, as well as see some freaking terrific fights on the same night. Shakur Stevenson uh, returns. It's uh it's a great time to be a fight fan. And we just got past the football season. So what are you guys going to watch? Golf and baseball? God bless you. If you do, I'm getting into it more and more. The very lazy, hazy days of the spring and summer in the Northeast. But if you need some fire in your diet, boxing is always there as well as MMA. Virgil Ortiz in April. Stephen Fulton versus Niawa. And now in you and Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, just an excellent upcoming season for boxing and for fighting. Again, May 6th, Newark, New Jersey, uh, April 8th, uh, Miami, Florida. The UFC is doing it big. Uh, when will we get the, the Fury Usyk fight to balance out all the MMA fight? Hopefully soon. But uh, guys, Thanks for tuning in. I love and appreciate you. It is your boy, Isaac Ike Feldman, a.k.a. Armbar Mitzvah Feldman. Shout out to Scott Burrell. Burrell on the grid. Burrell on the bench for his fan base coming up for that nickname. I love and appreciate you guys. Follow me everywhere at I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. IkeDagon.com if you want to know more about me. 646-820-9848. Let me hear your beautiful dulcet tones and not my uh, my clogged nose tones. Jeez, is it is it allergy season or is it allergy season? Guys, tune in again tomorrow. I'm going to have uh, some local interviews, which I think you guys will be fond of. Hey! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.